1: Hi, welcome to another episode of the Standard of Truth podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Garrett Dirkmont, and I'm joined by my friend, just so close to being doctor. Well, I mean, not according to his committee, Professor Richard Laduke.
0: Hello, Garrett. I did submit uh, the uh, dissertation proposal for approval. Um, I only have probably a series of thirty-eight edits back and forth before uh, we'll be pressing on. So. I got a congratulations from a from a coworker this week. that said congratulations. That's that's wonderful, and and I was like, thank you so much. That's so nice of you. And then I listed out all the steps that are left, and then he said, I'm I'm so sorry for your loss.
1: Right. So it is one of the things that um, people who haven't gone to graduate school don't realize that it's you know. It's kind of like the song from Lame is Rob. I mean, it's, there's a grief that can't be spoken. There's a pain goes on and on. Uh, it's not so much empty chairs and empty tables, but I mean, it, it, it is, it's just, it's a cloud that hangs over you. Well, it's, that, it's
0: the opening scene is the way I've seen it. Look down.
1: where you being beaten? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah it's very similar. It is what they do when you first get to graduate school. The, the main goal is for them to say, you're dumb and you shouldn't be here. I mean, yeah. I mean, essentially, That's much yeah. it. you get your first paper back and you're like, I need to call my mom. <laughs> you're in college, now. you're in graduate school. I, I still need you're to call 42. her. You're <laughs> 42. I need to call my mom. So, uh we
0: start off with the Phoebe Draper uh Phoebe Draper mailbag. We will be getting to We
1: should go back and edit that, but we won't because We won't cuz cuz I, I made the mistake yeah. if Garrett did if it. If I we, make we'd a edit. mistake, yeah, I come off as just yeah, just, uh, like just a rose. I am time.
0: slurring speech like I've, you know, uh, had too three many. sheets to the wind. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the to the Phoebe Draper mailbag, one of the things that is one of my favorite things that is happening here in these last couple of months is we have opened up the proverbial floodgates to missionaries serving where we will send them link to the Google Drive that houses all of the, the premium episodes as well as the other episodes as well. And so we have received we have been deluged with wow! Whoa, you know, deluged! Yeah. I put the wrong yeah. pronunciation you, you on the put wrong
1: put the thing. Emphasis <laughs> on the wrong syllable.
0: <laughs> deluged by um, by missionary parents sending us uh, their missionary emails, and so we have. We have sent a lot of these out to missionaries and hope that they enjoy them. We
1: figure that's our best business model to try to recoup some of the losses and pay out of pocket. For the, yeah, we figure who has who has more disposable income than missionaries, and uh, so. If we could just hook them on giving it to them free for the entire time they're on their mission, well, I'll tell you who else does. When they does. get home,
0: well, for my son in Peru, who's now been robbed twice, uh, they think that he does. They think well, you know he,
1: has- what? he has a lot of disposable income. <laughs> and, uh, they're going to help uh, him dispose of it.
0: Yes, the stories are actually pretty, pretty funny. I shouldn't be laughing at them like I am, but the, the way he tells it, it's
1: it's pretty funny. Rigdon's always had a great. He's a great storyteller.
0: He is. He is. Um, so this first email actually comes to us from from Aaron. Uh, She says, please send premium content to her missionary. I was laughing out loud on my way to take my hostage to preschool today. I heard him start laughing too. You guys are great. Sincerely, the best missionary in Brazil's mom. P.S. I myself signed up and I never subscribe to anything ever.
1: Wow. And she
0: gave the name of We got her
1: her to cross the Rubicon. Yes, yes. (laughs) Now that you've signed up, it's going to be like when you first signed up for Netflix. You know, like like when they first were like, oh, yeah, you have to pay a monthly fee for that. You're like, I'm not going to pay monthly. Okay, maybe I will. And then it was like Amazon Prime and Paramount Plus And yeah. now now your entire budget is just what is streaming services.
0: Yes. We hope you forget that you signed up and that you're a member for a long, long time. Long after we stopped
1: producing premium content. Oh, we've content. already stopped producing the content. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I just,
0: I, I, yeah, Garrett does uh, firesides. I bring a recorder and record them and then just put them on with poor. poor I did water. a
1: fireside uh, for uh well, not a fireside. I did a presentation for the local Mapleton sons of the Utah pioneers chapter this last week. No, it was good. Yeah. It was great. It was uh, great times. Um, but, uh, none of them knew that, well, I, I'm pretty sure most of them didn't know that podcasting existed. <laughs> Um,
0: By sons of pioneers, you mean they were literally, <laughs> literally the sons well, of people that I feel came like, here. No,
1: I feel like they make exceptions. <laughs> I feel like they let some of the people in who did cross the plains. Okay. Yeah, the, the actual first, you know.
0: That's anyway. good. Yes. Um, that reminds me of my favorite joke uh, that I tell that is a, it's a bit of a dad joke. But uh, since my family is converts, uh, my, my wife likes to talk about her family history and that they crossed on the plains and – my family crossed on a plane, a Pan Am flight <laughs> so nice. from Quebec to. You know what?
1: Pan Am doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I know. That's history, right there. There it is. Yeah.
0: So this next one comes to us. So we have read a couple emails from people. We have we have friends of the show. Um, a couple come to mind: Officer R, Damien, others. Uh, where where they send multiple things in? They're they're very funny. We we love them. They're great. Uh, but sometimes we read multiple emails from, uh, a person, this, this person emailed in and then, um, we read their email and here, here we go. And they Here's responded the to Here's our,
1: the... they responded to our reading of it.
0: Because she has two missionaries.
1: So, right. <laughs> so, so again, it's just going back to the well of, can I get free content for my missionary? And, and by the way, the answer is always well, yes, These way. are, these are made up email addresses. <laughs> she doesn't have any kids. She got her own server, no, missionary.org. Yeah, she's like, yeah, it's at, uh, Church of Jesus Christ backslash China. Yeah, the
0: <laughs> uh, subject, a small little. Uh, caveat okay okay i knew you guys read all your emails in your spare time off air but i was completely taken back today seriously i was not expecting mine to be read on the podcast well here we're you know reading what, we're giving you a twofer there you we're go we're just gonna check and say alicia
1: what we assume is alicia is that after we read one email that's it you'll never ever ever listen <laughs> again so it's a, it's a test it yeah. is a
0: test well plus plus we're we're uh you know, talking about what humanitarians we are giving things that already exist for free to yeah.
1: uh, missionaries. It, it, by this one act alone, I feel like <laughs> yeah, this is a sweet a sweet, sweet water river. Water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I nice. mean, yes, we could be out helping people at soup kitchens. But you know what's even better? <laughs> if they had a chance at some premium content.
0: Um, let's see. Especially with tens of other messages you had to choose from, <laughs> any of which would have been exceedingly better than mine. Um, you know what? She makes a good point there. No, um, I think hers was kidding, kidding, better than, than most. Teasing. <laughs> were, I'm teasing. You should you should have seen my reaction when Richard started reading. First of all, you should see Becky's reaction when I start reading. I'm a very poor reader. I've gone blind. I can't see. For and- those of
1: you who, who envision Richard as a kind of strapping man, <laughs> yeah, you know, I know that what you're thinking as you listen is that he looks essentially like Gaston. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we just went and watched my son. Yes. Playing Gaston in the Maple Mountain High School musical. Yes. Yeah. So you know what you want? You, you might run into me there if you decide you want to go to go to his school. We his did place. see. We did see. Uh, we Rachel's saw. Mom. We saw Rachel's mom yeah. and her husband there. Yeah, it was very. It, nice. was, it was, was a nice surprise. Yeah. But um, uh, Richard has of late uh, some kind of. I mean, let's face it. Some kind of macular degeneration. <laughs> I mean, he went from. I've never seen him in glasses. To now, he has some that he puts at the end of his nose, as if he was a librarian trying to, trying to tell you to to, to be quiet over by the stacks. I mean, it's yeah.
0: I've got they've got like the pointy the pointy rims to them. It's it's a full he's got, got it on a, a, a chain. full marm. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's yeah, the sweet but, release of the grave is. <laughs>
1: He he likes to blame his his uh, faux illiteracy on his eyesight, but I think Becky just blames it on his inability to read. It's
0: true. It's the Idaho education. Um, let's see. I don't. Uh, so as Richard started reading, I don't think my face could have been any redder. Had I known you were going to read mine over the air, I would have put more effort in.
1: <laughs> you know what? We would have put more effort into the podcast had we known you were listening
0: in uh, doing some editing rather than just voice texting that message into my phone. Furthermore, after listening to Moroni Part 4, I think I'm going to have to adjust my statement on how similar I imagine Garrett and <laughs> Joseph Smith's personalities to be. Don't get me wrong. I still believe that he and Garrett are uh, are kindred spirits in every Anne of Green Gables kind of way. <laughs> but since the conclusion of Moroni port, uh, Part 4 dizzyingly admits That your four-part series will now have at least one more episode. I must add a caveat to everything I said in my previous letter. If Joseph Smith were living in 2023, I still honestly imagine uh, him having the personality strikingly similar to Garrett's, except I think he would not go off on tangents quite as much. Well,
1: that's for certain.
0: And find a way to condense the podcast episodes into fewer series. That now if Sydney Sydney Rigdon had a podcast. Sure,
1: yeah. It would so just So now go you're on comparing me to Sidney Rigdon? You I know, am. I'm pretty sure I'm the guardian of the church. <laughs> this entire podcast has been a way to, to reel people into my apostate scheme.
0: Uh find a way to condense the podcast ep- uh, episodes into fewer series. That being said, Joseph definitely would love college football. I think he would. He likes sports. I think he would. I think I still think he would take Oklahoma over BYU.
1: At, what is it, 24 and a half I think now? it's
0: 24. It started at 20, moved up to 20. I
1: heard from a friend. Again, yeah, I don't the watch The smart these money's on whatever they put. <laughs> whatever the line yeah. is, take So Oklahoma. Richard and I are going to that Oklahoma-BYU game tomorrow. Yes. And um wow. Yeah, I mean, so the question I asked Richard is how quickly will it be 21 to nothing? Within the first three minutes, Well, first if,
0: four minutes? Yes, yeah, so it, it all depends if BYU receives or kicks.
1: I think it makes no difference given the <laughs> fact that, that we give a pick six on our first play it's two games in a row. I mean –
0: Look, as I get older, the only thing I ever want to do is beat traffic. That's all I've ever wanted to it do. It
1: is fun to go with Richard to a game because you get in there, you find your seats, you're like, oh, man, what a lovely day. Well, we better get going. <laughs> they haven't even kicked off yet. I know. But if we leave now, we'll beat the traffic. Yeah,
0: the, the buddies of mine that I travel, do the the BYU road, road trip with. Yeah, my real friends. Um, first score of the game, no matter when it is, whatever it is. All right, you know. <laughs> you wrap it up. Wrap, wrap it up. Let's go. Let's hit. Let's beat traffic. Uh, he would love college football. Plus, he'd be politically knowledgeable and active, just like Garrett. But we know from uh, history, Joseph's enemies would be far more numerous than Garrett's um garrett is growing his enemies list it's i have lots nice. of
1: people who hate me but yeah no one's <laughs> pulled me out of my bed and beaten me in the middle of the road yet
0: they have not yeah i know it's <laughs> i know that it's hard to believe because of all the hate mail that's said just truth but we i'm pretty sure some hate mail. I, it is actually my favorite thing i it, it is ridiculous how much i enjoy the mail that tells us that we're terrible it is actually well, first my of all favorite. we know
1: yeah, we're I mean, well like, aware. It's like, Our yeah, wives like tell you, us you every day. When you walk up to someone who you know, you, when you walk up to a, to a to you know to to an ugly person and you tell them that they're ugly, what do you what do you think they're they're <laughs> yeah. like? Oh man! No, I've never seen a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Um,
0: let's see. Uh, sorry, so many tangents, I lose. Yeah. Uh, I like how Alicia has adopted ba, ba. Our, our our purpose ba, ba, of the ba, something something ba 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 uh, run for okay also to my knowledge unlike joseph garrett has not run for office however anything could happen this next election year and i mean anything well that's
1: that's pretty yeah, true there's some things that won't happen and that's one of them
0: so i'm searching for a good honest moral god-fearing trustworthy presidential candidate to back well, well, all you, those are eliminators for Garrett.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, well. First of all, they're <laughs> eliminators for everyone. Uh, good, honest, and uh, and seen. I mean, yeah. that's uh, moral and seen. I mean, so good luck with that.
0: And after listening to the condemned to repeated episodes, it's clear Garrett fits this mold. Plus, has an understanding and a real love for the proper roles of government. And with that. I'd easily put a bid for him as our next presidential candidate.
1: Wow, that is the first time anyone's endorsed me for president. And you know what? The power's gone directly to my head. <laughs> as soon as I got a little authority, as I supposed, I immediately... He's
0: rounding up snake handlers in
1: Presbyterian? <laughs> That's right. I don't believe in religious freedom anymore.
0: Anyway, hey, this letter is way too long. I need to sum it up. Thanks for the great show, and no thanks for embarrassing me. Alicia, we would never do that.
1: Luckily, you just got embarrassed again.
0: Uh, P.S. Tell Angie and Becky, I love their taste in movies. P.P.S. Our family's favorite living scripture quote is also Laman and Lemuel. I think it's getting
1: lighter. I'm getting stronger. Yeah,
0: that's, that's good. <laughs> and our second uh, most f- favorite quote is in the series, mash him in bits, Nadab. Wow! Now in the Good Samaritan. Now we had the
1: one free one. Yeah, I never saw that one.
0: No, I haven't seen it Look, either.
1: Growing up in Idaho, like, like it seemed like the Living Scriptures were like a billion dollars. I mean, I remember when they were first coming out, and and I don't re- exactly remember how old I was, but I remember thinking that, like, you had to decide whether or not you were going to college. <laughs> Or whether you got the living scriptures. Now maybe they're much more expensive. Yeah. Well,
0: it was for my parents. It was like, well, he's not going to
1: college. We'll, <laughs> we'll get this one free one. Yeah. Well, so, did your dad like sign up telling them that he was going to well, buy no, the it was, set? It's like, so, so,
0: if you, so they had they had things at like the fair, like exhibits wow. or booze or whatever, and you go and be like, well, you can try this one, and if you like it, you can give me. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll try this. One. We'll give you a call. Yeah, sure. And then
1: so, you, so your dad just lied to little Well, I'm I i was not there for it. I just yeah. know that
0: we I'm um, sure. But I know that we I know that we had it. I know that's the only thing we were allowed to watch and I know that my sister and I watched it over and over and over again. It's yeah. it's great. Um Let's see, uh, PPS. There are uh, these are my missionary kids' emails. I don't think that my daughter is allowed to listen to you guys, but it doesn't hurt to send her the link. We have helped missionaries break just in the case. rules before. Alicia. I'm don't wrong. Worry. <laughs> so this, this is actually why we do the Google Drive for missionaries is because they're allowed to click
1: on Google drives.
0: Some some missionaries yeah. are allowed to to do that, and then
1: others we've learned just illegally yeah, listen do to it, and then yeah. Yeah, I mean even when it's their job to go through and delete it.
0: (laughs) And nothing stopped my son from listening to you guys before his mission, so I'm pretty sure nothing will stop him now. He's after our He's just started his first week in the field and he'd love the link to Oh that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so one of the things that's great, we try to I try to tell my kids, uh, the MTC ain't your mission. And once you get out in the field, it's it's just it's which is
1: tough because if you end up being that MTC district leader then, yes. you know, you want it to be your mission. Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't you don't ever want to leave. <laughs> Alicia, I, you know, congratulations on having both of those kids out at the same time. What a sacrifice you're making as a mother. And, uh, I mean, not only are they making that, I mean, it, you know, no one here in this room has any idea what it's like to have two missionaries <laughs> out at once.
0: Well, financially, <laughs> I am aware. I, I will say, I will say it is... Um, this is a relatively recent thing and it is kind of the sweetest thing ever uh, to get these emails from listeners who have kids out on missions and to be able, we hope that they like it. We hope that they listen. We hope that specifically with Joseph Smith and the restoration episodes, gain a greater understanding of the apostasy, the restoration, the things, the, the beliefs that we respect and love about our Christian brothers and sisters, but a greater context to coming into joseph smith that we're excited to get into in season seven of that of, <laughs> At we some were, point. yeah we're about to spend about a month and a half oh no no a month and a half of episodes like six seven episodes on calvin so well, i
1: mean we've already spent a considerable amount of time on calvin i believe josh uh told us that he was already <laughs> done with calvin and I was like, Josh, I haven't even recorded it the Calvin. Yeah, fr- he's like, yeah, that's how done I am. Yeah,
0: friend of the show, Josh. Yeah. He's yeah, he's done. Well, jo- well Josh, Josh, we got four
1: more coming. Yeah, Josh is probably gonna stop listening to uh, I feel like we're we're giving people depression when we talk about Calvinism. His theology is logically very strong. It's very look, it's logically sound, it's also terrible. Um so yeah. Yeah, and speaking of terrible, Moroni. You know what? Part Let's talk five. about this. I mean we ended off talking about, um, you know, Joseph's repeated f- failures to get the plates, and I, 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 I know we could have ended it there. I know that most of you wanted me to end it. I know Richard wanted me to end it, especially because we said, "Hey, this is the last episode." We never
0: do multi-parters, yeah. and here we go, part five.
1: So, but I, I do think that. There are some aspects of Moroni's tutelage of Joseph that I, I I want to I want to talk about, plus some later commentary and discussion about about Moroni, and so I want to spend a little more time because Joseph doesn't even have the plates yet, right? So again, he can't get them in eighteen twenty three. He can't get them in eighteen twenty four. He can't get them in eighteen twenty five. He can't get them in eighteen twenty six. Every year he's going back, and every year the angel is appearing to him. So I, I can only imagine that every year there is a sense of disappointment that Joseph has prepared the entire year to be worthy to get these plates, and every year he, he's not. Then, in 1827, something pretty momentous happens, and that is that Joseph Smith gets married, Um I don't know, because Joseph never tells us, you wouldn't expect him to, but I I don't know what what the impact is on Joseph Smith to marry Emma in his preparation to get the plates and to become the the prophet of the restoration. But I will say, look, I, I realize that correlation is not causation. I realize that. But let me put it this way In 1823, Joseph Smith can't get the plates. In 1824, Joseph Smith can't get the plates. In 1825, Joseph Smith can't get the plates. In 1826, Joseph can't get the plates. In 1827, Joseph Smith marries Emma and he gets the plates. Now, you know what? Could be a happy coincidence. But honestly, I think that we, we don't realize what a grounding aspect she has to his life. Because she embraces his role, I mean, she goes against his fam, her family, uh, embracing that Joseph has been called as a prophet and a seer, even before he he has obtained these plates. And so, in eighteen twenty-seven, Joseph gets married, and because they eloped, you know, they he asked for Isaac Hale's blessing, and he did not get it. In fact. Uh, 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 he was flatly refused, and so they they run off to get married. And after that, you know, they move to Palmyra because Emma's pretty sure her dad's not exactly going to welcome them with open arms. While they're there, there's a, an an event involving Moroni that that Lucy tells us in her book that Joseph has gone somewhere and he's supposed to be back by a certain time. And the day goes on, and there's no Joseph. Now, it's during the same time period that Emma, uh, sorry, that Lucy tells us that someone actually took a shot at Joseph. Someone shot, at, you know, tried to shoot at him uh, randomly. And so they are already pretty concerned for his safety and for his well being. And so as the hours go by, and there's still no Joseph, people are starting to get very concerned. They're starting to get worried. There's you know, that you know, Lucy is 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 wondering what is what is going on with my boy. Finally, Joseph comes in the door and he looks he looks disheveled. He looks like he's had a rough day. He looks like, you know, Richard putting his readers on, essentially. <laughs> you know, he looks like he looks like what Richard and I are going to look like. Four minutes into the BYU game tomorrow. Um
0: when we've left to beat traffic.
1: <laughs> we're already gonna be home. You know what? We should just give them money for the tickets and not go. It's the best way to beat traffic both ways. <laughs> That's the only way to beat it both ways. Anyway, Joseph looks rough and he comes in. And of course, you know, Lucy and and and, and Father Smith are like, you know, son, what happened to you? We were worried, you know? And Joseph says, I have just taken the severest chastisement that i have ever had in my life well father smith he he gets his dander up so to speak so what he thinks happens as joseph said i've just taken the severest chastisement he thinks that some of the local ruffians have grabbed a hold of joseph and screamed at him and yelled at him and even though joseph is now a married adult right uh Father Smith's going to go defend his son. And so he's like, you tell me who spoke to my son this way, and I'm going to go down. You know, So Father Smith, he's ready to go. He is ready to go find that person and take them to task. And Joseph has to say, stop, Father, stop. It was the angel of the Lord. So, so sometime in 1827, Joseph's walking by. He, he says, as I pass by the hill Cumorah, where the plates are, the angel met me and said that I had not been engaged enough in the work of the Lord, that the time had come for that record to be brought forth and that I must be up and doing and set myself about the things which God had commanded me to do. But Father, Joseph said, give yourself no uneasiness concerning concerning the reprimand that I have received. For I now know the course that I am to pursue, so all will be well. Now, wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall for this? We don't know what Moroni said to Joseph in this appearance, but Joseph at least described it as the most severe chastisement that I've ever had in my life. Now, now, all the other times that Moroni has appeared to Joseph... Moroni has come off pretty soft, honestly, right? I mean, I mean, he's told Joseph, you know, well, Joseph, because you were trying to steal the plates, you can't get them. But then, you know, he's, he keeps telling, you know, God's forgiven you of your sins. God's forgiven you of your sins. You're still blessed by God. Apparently this time, Moroni had had enough. I, I'd like to picture Moroni the same way that, you know, I think of my own parenting, right? Where, you know, you know, I'm going to let that slide because, you know, I love him and, and yeah, he probably shouldn't do it, but I'm, I, I'm not going to say anything. And then he does it again. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. And then, and then again, and then, you know, by the time you get to the fourth, I'm like, can you just stop? And I actually haven't said anything to him yet. Right. But I blow up the fourth time as if I've told him a hundred times because in my head, I've said, he better stop doing that. Better stop doing that. If he doesn't do that. You better not do that again. You know what? I'm a good dad. I'm not going to, and then you blow up like Mount Vesuvius. Um, so I think that is like, okay, I have tried the carrot approach. I have been kind. I've appeared to you over and over and over again. When are you going to change? I, I don't know what Moroni said to him, but the way that Joseph described it is, I've taken the severest chastisement that I've ever had in my life. But somewhere in that chastisement, Joseph found the answer of how he was going to focus his life in order to be able to get the plates. So that's why I wish we knew what Moroni said. I mean, this is one of the appearances of Moroni that we don't really talk about. I mean, we, we we do. everybody knows he appears the three times in one night in Joseph's room. We talk a little bit less about the fact that he appeared the next day. And then we hardly talk at all about the fact that when he can't get the plates, the angel appears to him and says, hey, you can't get them because you were trying to make money off of them. Here's yet another appearance. And again, the role that the angel takes is to instruct and chastise Joseph, to, to try to help make him the man that the Lord knows Joseph can be if Joseph can just get outside of himself.
0: So this, this one is, is, this is the one where he seems to get it then.
1: At least that's how Lucy describes it. That Joseph says to his father, don't worry about this. I I now know, the course that I'm to pursue, so all will be well. Well, the proof is in the pudding. I mean that Joseph finally is able to go get the plates. He takes Emma with him, which is another signal of just I think how crucial Emma is in this whole in this whole uh, process of, of changing Joseph. He goes and he's finally able to obtain the plates, but he's so worried that people have followed him to where he was going to get the plates, that he doesn't take them very far. He hides them in in this old stump of a log and covers them up with leaves and makes a plan to go back again when when he doesn't think people are watching. And even then, he's attacked three times bringing the plates home. I mean, you think about that. I know we've told that story before, but maybe I'll just read that again. This is from Lucy's book as well. Um, After Joseph gets the plates and he's trying to bring them home. This is what she explains, that after proceeding a short distance, he thought he'd be more safe to leave the road and to go through the woods. Traveling some distance after he left the road, so now he's just out in the middle of the woods. Now, people can't follow me if I'm not on the road. He came to a large windfall and as he was jumping over a log, a man sprang up from behind and gave him a heavy blow with a gun. Joseph turned around and knocked him down and then ran at the top of his speed. About half a mile further, he was attacked again in the same manner as before. He knocked this man down in like manner as he had the former and ran on again. And before he reached home, he was assaulted a third time. In striking this last one, he dislocated his thumb which he did not notice until he'd come with with sight of the house when he threw himself down in the corner of the fence in order to recover his breath. As soon as he was able to, he arose, he came into the house, and he was altogether speechless from fright and from the fatigue of running. How quickly Joseph is going to go from being someone who could not keep the evil thought out of his mind that he could make money off the plates to someone who was physically defending the plates. You can see the reason why Joseph had to be a changed person before he actually obtained them. Because the moment he got them, he was immediately physically attacked. And like I've said before on this podcast, I've always thought we're missing an opportunity in primary the reenactment of this story would have every primary kid involved. You've got kids jumping up from behind logs and attempting to punch Joseph as he's running.
0: That'd be a great primary program. And then
1: you have the Joseph child punch that kid on the, on the stand. Oh, and knocking him down. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually one of them has to punch him so hard that they break their thumb. It's funny. I saw, (laughs) I saw an anti-Mormon meme the other day because that's where my life has devolved. Um, And it was someone mocking this story. Like, the church honestly wants us to believe that somehow Joseph Smith ran a mile with 50 pounds in his arms. And I'm like, uh, I hope there aren't any Navy SEALs reading this uh, meme, you know, who have like 120 pounds that they're carrying as they run for far more than a mile. But you're right, no one would ever have the ability, especially if they were blessed by God, to do something like that. I mean... God's never done anything before. I mean, he's not, he's never parted 11 billion gallons of water for people to walk through. I mean, just the, the, those kinds of arguments are silly, stupid arguments. You're going to have
0: to have likely the older, I've been giving this a decent amount of thought. You're going to have to have the older primary kid that breaks his hand. The the younger kids not gonna be able to do it. Their hands are, their, their bones are too soft. I see.
1: Right. So we need an actual broken hand is what you're saying. Well, Absolutely. Okay, yeah. I I think there's a reason why we won't serve in primary presidencies. <laughs> or primary at all. Yeah. <laughs> they won't even let us be a teacher? Well, with comments like, well, you need an
0: older kid so he can break his hand, because younger kids, it won't break it. I mean, he'll hurt it, he'll sprain it, but it won't break. I think that break. just
1: demonstrates that we understand the physiology of, of, yeah. uh, uh, of sure. you know, CTR-9 <laughs> children or whatever it is. So Joseph, he goes from not... He goes from not being pure enough to obtain the plates to almost immediately having people trying to hurt him, kill him. I mean, they have guns. I mean, I, I don't know what their plan is to have to physically defend the plates. You know, and we've talked about this before. It, it is such a contradictory thing that you have people for the rest of Joseph Smith's life They will claim that he never, ever, ever, ever had plates, and he just made that all up. And yet, the moment Joseph has plates, people are assaulting him. They're stopping him in the road and searching his wagon to see if they can find him. They're breaking into his home. They're getting a necromancer and bringing him to Joseph's house to try to find where the plates are buried. That's not the actions of people who are certain Joseph is just a liar and that he lies about everything. If you know that Joseph Smith's a liar, you don't try to break into his house and commit a home invasion to find the plates that you know he's lying about because he's a liar. But but the claims of him being a
0: liar, these are claims that are much later when they didn't find the plates. I mean, these...
1: People aren't calling him a liar at the time. Well, well, sure, but what people will say these reminiscent accounts? People will be like, oh yeah, everyone everyone knew the Smiths were liars. Everyone knew they just like told stories and they lied about everything. Well, yeah,
0: because they never found the they never saw the plates. They, they don't never found really the
1: say that. I mean, they, they don't they aren't so direct as to say, it. well, we know that they don't have plates. They make because it sound because like, I tried to I tried they, to I tried to murder him and still you, know, you know what's interesting they don't say that. Yeah, what? yeah. it's very interesting that when they're giving their affidavits, they don't say, hey, I tried to commit multiple felonies in an effort to get these plates. They just, they don't. It's a very, it's one of those odd things of history is that rarely do people say, I committed these felonies. <laughs>
0: so when Philastus Hurlbut, after he attended journalism school and was really pressing them on yeah. on their, in their affidavits, <laughs> he, he didn't get to the heart of it.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like had he really pushed... Abby said, "You know what? I'm going to cross-examine you a little bit. Um, You know, the 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 reality is those later claims that the Smiths are dishonest that 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 they they all they did was tell stories, all coming from that first anti-Mormon book, Mormonism Unveiled. They are all later claims, and and you know Brigham Young will talk about this multiple times in Utah that there weren't people were not generally." Speaking about Joseph Smith at all as a liar until he got the plates. Once he got the plates, it was like a, a light switch went on for the antagonists of, of the way that they began to persecute him. That persecution just, uh, you know, doubled and tripled. Now, there's some more Moroni stuff I want to get to. And and there's a lot of it. And so I'm hoping. Okay, I'll shut up. We're going to have to like never read an email again.
0: Okay. Well, that'll make Rex's Elder Scorn president.
1: It'll make him very happy. Very happy. And this is a different Rex than the Rex that's married to Miriam. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, different Rex. It'll
0: it'll make all Rex's Elder Scorn presidents very happy. Every Rex. And their Elder Scorn presidents will be very happy. Yes,
1: I assume every Elder Scorn president and every Rex.
0: I love that you said we've got a lot of stuff. I don't know that we'll have time (laughs) to get to it. And then we spent a minute talking about Rex's Elder Scorn president.
1: I feel like that's what Rex wanted from us.
0: (laughs) I know it is. Yeah.
1: Um, the reason why I say that that we're not done with this is that Moroni's tutelage with Joseph doesn't end just because Joseph finally has the plates. Joseph is going to, you know, we can't go through all those events now. That's that's for the premium content. Um, but he he's going to begin this this arduous translation with uh, with Martin Harris with with Emma Smith. And they're going to start to get all, all of, you know, they're going to make a pretty good headway throughout 1828. And then Joseph is going to realize that he's incurred the displeasure of God again at the hands of Moroni. This is another part of the 116 pages story that we rarely think about. I mean, usually we're just so focused on Martin Harris getting the pages and, and, and losing them, which, look, that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big story. That we forget that Moroni is actually involved in this as well. Because we all know the story that Martin Harris, you know, asked, and I take the pages? Joseph asked God, and God says no. So then, Joseph asks again. God says no. Finally, Joseph presses a third time, and the Lord says fine, but you have to covenant to only show it to these certain people. Well, what we often think, or at least I won't indict you, what I thought before I studied this in depth, I always assumed that because they lost the pages, that Joseph lost his ability to translate for a while. That he lost the plates and he lost the, the Urim and Thummim, the seer stones, because, because they lost the pages. They broke the covenant. That's, it, that's actually not how he loses the plates. He loses the plates because he asked the third time. Long before those pages are lost and before Joseph is aware of what happens, the angel takes the plates and the seer stones from him because he had wearied the Lord in asking him for the third time. So once again, here is Moroni. But Moroni isn't there to say, hey, Joseph, your sins are all forgiven you. Now Moroni's there to say, Joseph, you've lost the plates. This is before they've lost the 116 pages. You've lost the plates because you disobeyed the Lord. The Lord said, no, he can't take them. And then you you asked again. And then you asked again. Remember the reason why Joseph couldn't get the plates in the first place. Because I did not have an eye single to the glory of God. That's what he said. Well, why does he want Martin Harris to be able to take the pages?
0: He wants Martin Harris to take the pages because Martin Harris is going to be the financier for the printing of the Book of Mormon, and he's the only person that's not with the last name that isn't Smith Smith, that, that even remotely believes anything he's saying.
1: Everyone has rejected everything that Joseph said, and the angel has told Joseph that Joseph is going to be the means of publishing this book to the world. We, we, we've, we've used this number before on the podcast, but I mean, it is a stark thing to think about. The cost of printing the Book of Mormon, the $3,000, is essentially 12 or 13 times the annual salary of a wage laborer like Joseph in the United States in, in 1828. So it's essentially impossible. Or, or to put it another way. 4,000 bushels of wheat. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do everything in <laughs> bushels of wheat now. Is, how many bushels of wheat is that? Ah, yes. Uh, what wh- When are you taking your price of that wheat? Is that 1828 That's what I'm saying. Or, yeah. Is it 85 cents? Is that yeah. the 271? Well, so... Uh, Joseph Smith his his farm that he eventually buys from his father-in-law who does not give him a good deal on it but you know <laughs> he buys a farm that has a house on it uh and it's almost 14 acres right next to the river for $200 and he he doesn't when i say he bought it i mean he bought it on credit and then he has to make payments and then he isn't able to make the payments but um so the cost of printing the book of mormon is fifteen times Joseph Smith's entire net worth if he did own his house, which he didn't. Talk about something being impossible. When when Martin Harris is so upset because of the opposition of his family, that that it seems like Joseph might lose him in the work. Like he 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 may not be a part of this anymore. Joseph, you know, again, it was a righteous desire. It's a righteous desire to want your family to not be in poverty. It's not a righteous desire to want your family to not be in poverty by somehow stealing the plates to not have them in poverty. And once again here, is it a righteous desire that you can placate Martin Harris so that you can you can have a means of paying for the Book of Mormon? I, I, I mean, I... If I put myself in Joseph's spot here, what what
0: what he's asking, what Martin Harris is asking is reasonable.
1: It's a reasonable ask. Yeah. I can't show them the plates. You can't show the plates to anyone, but you never said anything about what we've translated, right? I mean, they're, they're try, trying to find a loophole, right? Like, like when you're trying to find a way to take an extra vacation day at work, like, no, wait a minute. They said if it falls on the second Thursday... <laughs>
0: Right, there isn't malicious intent, but it's it's the not trusting, it's not trusting in God.
1: So he was not able to get the plates for for the four years, always because he had these earthly, secular, material concerns that were trumping the eye single to the glory of God, and. And look, again, those are totally natural concerns. I know that we all say things like, well, if the the prophet told me to to leave my house and move to Missouri, I'd do it. (laughs) You know what? Given the last couple of years watching how people that I know who really believe that they have really strong testimonies, watching them criticize and not follow the prophet, I don't think so. I think... President Nelson were to say, you know what? It's time to leave your house and move to Missouri. There would be a whole lot of people that would say, well, I mean, he's not a real estate agent. Eh, interest but, rates are 8.3. Yeah, and market's mean, down. I just feel like we're not going to be able to get our money back on this. You know what? I'm going to wait. You know what? I, I mean, he's a, he's a heart doctor. It's not like he's a real estate agent. I mean, and, and you think I'm kidding, but if you've read any of your social media, you know that I'm not, right? Because people found ways like – like it says in Helaman, to, to reject the prophets and seek all manner of ways to destroy him. And you will say that he's a false prophet and that he's of the devil because he testifieth that your deeds are evil. So the, the, the reality is for Joseph, he had this years-long odyssey to put the kingdom of God first. But man, that world is strong. And again, you can see how the temptations work. It is not the temptation anymore to just steal the plates. It's the temptation to try to figure out how you're going to pay for the printing of the Book of Mormon without relying on God, right? As if God, and when, when he is chastised, it's one of the things that God says to him, I have the ability to do my own work, right? Remember, it is not the work of God that is frustrated, but the work of man. God is not going to just not be able to figure out how to get the Book of Mormon published. So one of the things that Joseph has to learn is that, you know, like Laman and Lemuel, even when it doesn't seem like there's any possible way that this could be done that's when you actually have to have faith when you need faith most is when there doesn't seem to be any possible way to succeed but god said that it's going to happen and so you do it and joseph wasn't there yet he 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 again it's a righteous desire to want to find a way to print that book of book of mormon because it's what the angel told him he had to do That's a righteous desire. But the Lord said, no, don't give him the pages. And and the world is what caused Joseph to ask again. Look, if I lose Martin, I don't have anybody. I don't have any money. I don't have any friends. I don't have anyone who believes me. There's no possible way that I can get this done without Martin. You don't understand, God. I have to have Martin. And, And so I think he loses the plates for that very reason before the 116 pages are gone. Now, that places Joseph in a pretty rough spot. When he then finds out that the 116 pages are gone, what Joseph says is that he's he's lost his soul. And what he says to to, to Martin Harris is, have you broken your oath? and brought down condemnation upon my head as well as on your own and then joseph goes back the way lucy describes it is groans and sobs filled the entire house now you and i we all know the end of this story we we know i mean well i mean maybe there is a casual presbyterian listening right now like Wait a minute, does he ever get the plates back? (laughs) I mean, maybe, right? But we all know the end of the story and know the nature of our Father in Heaven because of Joseph Smith. Joseph doesn't know it yet. Sure, he's, he's had these miraculous experiences, but he hasn't received the revelations yet that help explain his relationship to God. He lives in a world where when God passes condemnation upon you, it's forever, right? God doesn't make mistakes. So when God condemns you, it's not like, oh, I condemn you. You know what? Not anymore. So Joseph goes back to to harmony, and I think he goes back totally believing that I've lost everything. I've already lost the plates. I already offended God so much that the angel came and took them. And now I've lost the pages. I am eight years into this odyssey and I am literally back to where I was when I was first in that grove of trees. I have nothing to show for it. Only it's actually worse than when I first went in for the first vision. Because now I'm under the condemnation of God. It's not just that I'm a sinner. I'm under the condemnation of God. We made an oath with God that we would protect the pages and that we wouldn't show them to anyone else. And Martin Harris not only showed them to other people, he lost them. Everything's gone. Imagine coming back to Harmony to tell that to your wife who spent months as your scribe translating those pages, who has just lost their first baby and nearly died in that that delivery. I can't imagine a lower point for Joseph's life. I I know things are rough in, in Liberty, but here, Joseph doesn't know the Lord the same way that he'll know him after he receives more revelation on him.
0: You've mentioned before that um, the idea of you know, the predestination of things, um, that a person is poor because they don't have God's favor. I, I, I don't know that we have anything on this, but I've got to imagine the additional weight of the death of their child weighs heavy on
1: the fact that he's a condemned man. I always think the same thing. I mean, think about this. An angel came and said, you haven't been keeping the commandments the right way. Give me the plates back. Look, Joseph received a lot of rebukes. He hasn't ever had the plates taken from him before. And right after that, they lose their first child. Look, I, I don't know because neither one of them talk about it. But I have to believe that somewhere in their minds, they were thinking, this is our fault. This is our fault because we're sinners. Remember, what they the world that they grew up in was a world in which if you offended God, that was it. If you weren't someone who was saved, that is it. To quote from Jonathan Edwards again, God abhors you god hates you why does he hate you because you're a sinner he is dreadfully provoked his wrath toward you burns like fire right and then because you're a sinner what's hell going to be like it would be dreadful to suffer the fierceness and wrath of almighty god for one moment but you must suffer it for all eternity there will be no end to this exquisite horrible misery when you look forward, you shall see a long forever, a boundless duration before you which will swallow up your thoughts and amaze your soul. And you will absolutely despair of ever having any deliverance, any end, any mitigation, any rest at all. You will know certainly that you must wear out long ages, millions and millions of ages, in wrestling with this almighty, merciless vengeance. And then, when you have done so, when so many ages have actually been spent by you in this manner, you will know that that's all but a point to what remains, so that your punishment will indeed be infinite. Uh, Protestants aren't screwing around when it comes to descriptions of hell. This is the only understanding of hell that Joseph Smith would have had at this point. So as he goes back to harmony, having lost everything, believing he's under the condemnation of God, this is the hell that would have been in his mind. And and once again, enter Moroni. He gets back to his house down there, and as he describes it, Immediately after my return home to Harmony, I was walking out a little distance when, behold, the former heavenly messenger appeared and handed to me the Urim and Thummim again, for it had been taken from me in consequence of my having wearied the Lord in asking for the privilege of letting Martin Harris take the writings which he lost, and I inquired of the Lord through them and obtained the following revelation. That revelation is doctrine and covenant section three which chastises joseph and tells him you shouldn't have feared man more than god but then goes on to say remember god is merciful repent and you are still called to the work so the, the angel moroni is the person who reappears to joseph to deliver to him this message that all is not lost i mean you know how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of them that that preach in this case this angel moroni he has he has worked hard with joseph for for the better part of a decade at this point trying to pull him along to get him to where he needs to be now it's not the end of Moroni in Latter day Saint uh, theology and experiences. Of course, we all know that it's Moroni that's going to appear again to the three witnesses. And uh, that's, a, again, a double appearance because he appears to two of the witnesses. And then they got to go off and find Martin Harris, who's like, you know, I'm not worthy to see the angel. And then he does. And so the angel is going to appear to him. Um, we know through other sources. That the angel Moroni is going to actually appear to other people and they'll have a a similar experience. Um, Lyman uh, Johnson, who's one of the apostles, he will desire to have the same experience that the three witnesses had, namely the angel coming and showing him the plates, and that will happen. So Moroni is going to appear with that as well. Um, Joseph is going to talk about Moroni a lot. Um, in his writings and his teachings. Um, in 1838, there's an Elder's Journal article that, you know, Joseph's the editor of the Elder's Journal. And he goes through a, a series of questions that people have for, you know, for the Mormonites, basically. One, the fourth question is, how and where did you obtain the Book of Mormon? Joseph's answer, Moroni... The person who deposited the plates, from whence the Book of Mormon, <clears> once <throat> the Book of Mormon was translated, in a hill in Manchester Ontario County, being dead and raised again therefrom, appeared unto me and told me where they were, and gave me directions how to obtain them, and I obtained them and the Urim and Thummim with them, by which means I translated the plates. And thus came the Book of Mormon. Um, interestingly here, Joseph is saying something that would have been completely rejected by other Christians. Again, we, we have a whole episode on this, right? Every time a bell rings, an angel doesn't get their wings. That's We're coming right. up on the Christmas season. Basically. We are, yeah. We should really just replay that. as Oh, a bonus. I'm planning on it. <laughs> Richard's looking to take a long vacation. Over, we had someone ask us, "Do you guys ever just like take weeks off and not put anything out?" The thought hadn't really occurred to us at that point. That's a great idea. Frankly, I feel like we're so desperately hanging on by a thread by the by the Gossimer's thread, the gossipers thread that the sort of Damocles hangs over, <laughs> hangs over our podcast that we figure if. If we go even two days without putting new content out, everyone's like, I already didn't want to listen.
0: Yeah, next year we're going to a daily podcast. They
1: spent 13 minutes talking about whether or not BYU is going to lose in the first. Now, we didn't spend that long, but we will have people tell us that.
0: Though. Yeah, that's I mean. true. We did spend that much time talking about how calcified a hand needs to be in order to get it to break for a primary child.
1: Yeah, I feel like that was a far more useful. I mean, that's that's stuff you want to take home.
0: Well, we're you. trying to we're trying to give tips to the uh, to the primary
1: presidencies out there. Yeah, I mean, look. I'm just I'm just putting it out there. If you have a primary program where you reenact Joseph running with the plates, will be the it'll be the best. Yeah. Everyone will love it.
0: Yeah, send us send us the time and we'll show up and watch. That'll be tremendous. <laughs> it doesn't matter
1: where it is, Mexico City. We're there. <laughs> uh, so, so Joseph, you notice how he highlights this that it, it that it's Moroni that teaches him Joseph. Of course, in 1838, beginning in 1838, it's not going to be published until later is going to start writing the history of the church where where Joseph Smith history in the Pearl Great Price comes from, where again, what does he highlight? He highlights that role of Moroni. Interestingly, we actually have one of the apostles in Joseph Smith's time who will talk about the fact that Moroni holds keys. Now Joseph will obliquely reference this in his um, in his letter to the church, which will later be canonized as Doctrine and Covenants section 128. But David W. Patton, who is the most senior uh, uh, apostle um, uh, after Thomas Marsh's apostasy, um, he is going to say um, this about Moroni. He's going to say, uh, Now, my readers, when you can see in some degree the grace that's given to this man of God to usward, that we, by the great mercy of God, should receive from under his hand the gospel of Jesus Christ, and having the promise of partaking the fruit of the vine on the earth with him, he's, he's quoting here, from Doctrine and Covenants section 27, which makes this reference to Moroni being a part of this great millennial day. So David W. Patton's quoting a revelation here. Um, from uh, Should receive under his hand the gospel of Jesus Christ, having the promise of taking the fruit of the vine on earth with him and with the holy prophets and the patriarchs, our fathers. For these holy men are angels now. Again, we, we kind of teased it you should go back to our, you know, our angels episode. we may, maybe we'll I'll drop link it. Yeah. We're going to drop it as a bonus. Yeah, there you go. We'll yeah. I'll link it to uh, this as well. One of the most unique aspects of Latter-day Saint theology that you've never thought about is that Christians do not believe that angels are people. They believe angels are creations, that angels are a type of being that was created just like man was created out of nothing because nothing existed at the beginning. God created man out of nothing. God created angels out of nothing. And he created them as special types of beings that were different from humans. Here, all over this theology, Joseph is teaching, angels are actually people who lived on this earth and have been resurrected. Right. So that, that is a radical theology. And here, David W. Patton is, is, is quoting the same thing. For these holy men are angels now, And these are they who make the fullness of times complete with us, and they who sin against this authority given to him, the before-mentioned man of God, Joseph Smith, sins not against him only, but against Moroni, who holds the keys of the stick of Ephraim and also with Elias, who holds the keys of bringing to pass the restitution of all things or the restoration of all things. And also John, the son of Zacharias, which Zacharias Elias visited and gave promises that his son should have a son and that his name should be John and that he should be filled with the spirit of Elias, which John I have sent unto you, my servants, Joseph Smith Jr. and Oliver Cowdery to ordain you to this first priesthood, even as Aaron, and also Elijah, who holds the keys of committing the power to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children of the fathers, that the whole earth may not be smitten with a curse. And he's going to go on and say, And also with Joseph and Jacob and Isaac and Abraham and your fathers, by whom the promises remain, and also Michael or Adam, the father of all, the prince of all, the ancient of days, and also Peter, James, and John. So he's, he's really just quoting uh, Doctrine and Covenants section 27 here. But the the point is that that these angelic ministrants, these resurrected beings, these holy men from the past that have been resurrected and now angelically minister, and that they provided authority and keys to the prophet Joseph, is a central part of Latter-day Saint uh, theology. Joseph, of course, is going to, you know, once you say that angels are resurrected beings, you get another unique aspect of Latter-day Saint theology, and that is, well, who were these angels then? We have Michael the Archangel, which every Christian knows who Michael the Archangel is, but only Latter-day Saints believe that Michael the Archangel is Adam. In fact, that would be a hateful concept to a Christian because Christians hate Adam. They believe Adam destroyed the world. So no, he's not the great archangel Michael who is a great and holy being created by God. Uh, Gabriel um, uh, is is mentioned, but here Joseph, this is uh, uh, Joseph speaking in um, sometime in the summer. We don't know the exact date of 1839. This is Willard Richards recording this. says, the angel flying through the midst of heaven, Moroni, delivered the Book of Mormon. Joseph is going to link the angel Moroni to the quote from from Revelation uh, that that Christians know very well. Um, But Revelation chapter 8, verse 13, Behold, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, and he had the everlasting gospel to preach, right? Joseph says that 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 angel is the same angel Moroni. The reason why Moroni ends up atop many of our temples is because Joseph says the angel Moroni is the one who had that ability to give, to give that gospel to the world. And he struggles with Joseph, mentors Joseph, chastises Joseph, brings forgiveness from God to Joseph He's also going to be the one who's the caretaker of those plates. Joseph will eventually give the plates back to that same angel, who will, who will then then uh, take them somewhere safe, take them back to God. When we understand the story of Joseph and the Odyssey with with, with Moroni, I, I think it should help give all of us. Not only some insight into the past, but hopefully gives us some insight into our present. There is no doubt at least one person listening to this who feels like in their life they have made so many mistakes that every time they attempt to try to repent and change, and that they fail again, that there's that there's just no hope for them anymore. Remember that the prophet of the restoration failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. With an angel tutoring him, with a resurrected being standing above him there in the air, with, the, with his greater witness than any of us could ever have, Joseph still failed. And it took years, years for Joseph to become the man that he became. Now, look, even in his failures, Joseph was, I don't mean to, you know, uh, badmouth him in the sense that, oh, Joseph was such a wicked sinner. Look, th- there's a reason why God called Joseph to do it, because I don't think anyone else could have. And even with that special calling, even with that special insight, even with angelic ministrants, Joseph was affected by the temptations of the world. And the odyssey of Moroni, the, the, the odyssey of Moroni's tutelage of Joseph is watching Joseph go from being a teenager who's concerned about his own sins, who's concerned about the poverty of his family, who's, who's affected by what people say and, 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 and the, the whims of the world, to becoming someone who puts God first in his life every day, all day, all the time. So if you aren't happy where you're at in your progress in the gospel, you know what? Maybe you're in your 1824. Maybe you're in your 1825. Maybe twice the angels had to say, yeah, you're still not even close to getting worthy to taking these plates. But just because you don't have those gold plates now, does not mean that you will not achieve them in the future. Just because you, you have failed tragically and sinfully in your life now, that's not the end of your story. The end of your story is that you always have the ability to repent, to return again, and as oft as my people will repent, I will forgive them, the Lord says. So don't give up. Don't don't give up. Learn the perseverance that the prophet had and keep pushing through it. There will come a time in all of eternity when you will be so grateful that you didn't give up the first or the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth time you failed, but you continue to progress to try to become a better person every day. I, I know that the gospel of Jesus Christ has the ability to change people and to make them better. I've witnessed it, I've watched it, and I've felt it in my own life. So that's the whole reason why we even do this podcast. So I hope everyone got something out of that that they feel like they can take away. I still have more I want to say about Moroni, but now I'm just going to do it as like a sidebar. Yeah, you gonna sprinkle it in. Well, I'm just going to like, you know, we'll be like, well, let's uh, talk about the Kirtland Safety Society. And I'll be like, you know, Moroni, and, just, and I'll just... <laughs> Basically, what we do every week. Yeah. Perfect. So thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you for listening to the Standard of Truth Podcast, hosted by historian Dr. Garrett Dirkmott. If you know anybody that could benefit from the material in this episode, please share it with them. And for more resources, visit standardoftruth.com. Until next time.